Childhood Cancer Perspective. I want to once again thank everybody so much for following, listening, downloading, listening to it here on Spotify or on Apple, listening to it on YouTube and watching the video version. I really do appreciate all the support. We're going to keep putting these episodes out. And like I said, always leave us comments, send us messages, let us know what you'd like us to talk about. As a pediatric cancer family and as an angel family, we have a lot of personal insights into this world that not a lot of people get to see or that not a lot of people want to talk about. And those are the reasons that I want to share our stories here. I want to share how we deal with things in hopes that maybe it gives somebody out there just a little bit of comfort to know that we're going through the same thing you're going through. We're feeling those same feelings, and it's okay. That everything that you're going through is correct. There is no right or wrong way to fight this battle. There is no right or wrong way to grieve when you lose a child. So that's my point here putting these episodes out. It also gives me a little bit of therapy. It gives me the opportunity to get some of this stuff out that I wouldn't normally be able to speak about. Um, so our daughter, J.C. Rose Sunshine, passed away two years ago yesterday. Yesterday was actually a really hard day for all of us, but two years ago yesterday to choroid plexus carcinoma, a rare form of brain cancer. I guarantee right now if you took the time to Google it, you're not going to find a lot and any kind of therapies or treatments, um, any of that, the protocols, none of it is the same. Nobody's on the same page. When JC was diagnosed, it was about 30 children in the U.S. every year that were diagnosed with this. Now it's actually a little bit more, but there are still no set protocols. And in fact, all of the families and children that we met throughout this journey, throughout this fight, um, as the time when JC was diagnosed up until the time she passed, and even afterwards, um, there was never two separate people that had the same exact therapy, the same exact treatments, or the same exact protocols, and it's all been different outcomes. Um, there have been other children that have passed away from this. There have been some children that have thrived after treatments. There have been some children that have gone through treatments and run out of options but are still living and still thriving day to day, but they see the after effects of the treatments, which is another reason why we fight so hard is to get less toxic treatments into the bodies of these children or more options so they're not um, filling the after effects and the side effects of this chemo, which is often worse than the actual disease itself. We've seen it firsthand, and that'll be something else, side effects and after effects that I will talk about in a later episode. <clears throat> but today, what I want to talk about is life after the passing of a child. In the unfortunate event, that your child going through this disease passes away. That, number one, the first thing that I want to say is that those children did not lose their fight. Those children won their fight because they are now in heaven and they are now without pain. They are able to run and play and do all the things that they were able to do prior to their diagnosis without worry. So please take solace in that. Um, and number two, in the unfortunate event that a child passes from this disease, our day-to-day -day lives become different. We see things differently. We hear things differently. We smell things differently. Um, every single aspect of our life becomes different. We are the same people, but we are all affected in a very, very different way. Um, my wife and I, we handle things differently when it comes to uh, talking about JC or when it comes to our business, when it comes to um, the legislation that we're trying to push or just sending out care packages, um, 
even being with our friends and watching their child or their children go through these disease, uh, this fight, this disease, everything we do, we handle it differently. We see things and process it differently. For me, I am very, very emotional, and I am very much a person that puts everything out there and does not hold anything back. But in this, after our daughter passed, I chose to throw myself into my work throw myself into every single thing that I do daily just to keep my mind busy. I was offered and am still offered from time to time therapy and physically going in, speaking to a therapist, getting my thoughts and feelings out there to help me grieve and help me process everything that we have been through, everything that I've seen, everything that I've heard. I've never really taken to that. Not that I don't believe in true one-on-one -on -one therapy with somebody else not that I believe that I'm better than therapy it's just always been my personal way of dealing with things is is just throwing myself into my work just being busy just not allowing the outside world to affect uh, how I live my life uh, now you now last week when I spoke about uh, fake smiles and I spoke about fake people and that's actually a big thing that I think is therapeutic to people going through something like this is having people in their corner, having people there to speak to them. Now we've been fortunate that although in past in the last week's episode I talked about one specific, but there were many people that decided to walk away from us and to kind of leave us high and dry because they felt the best thing that they could do was just ghost us as opposed to saying something wrong. Or we just kind of outgrew our welcome in their in their hearts and in their prayers because JC was no longer fighting. But you need to have true, genuine people in your lives, and that makes a huge difference. So the people that stuck around and the people that are still in our corner, that's majorly therapeutic to me, and I know it's therapeutic to our whole family. Um, I do have something that I want to talk about in the future about how we feel about watching other children thrive as our child did not, but having people there in your corner that absolutely understand what you're going through, absolutely realize the time to speak about it and the time to leave it alone, or the time then when you just need to drop off pie at their front door. Thank you very much to the niece family. Um, when we just need our time to ourselves and we just need to be alone and we don't want a people, we don't want an adult, those people are the ones that you need in your lives. And those people have been ridiculously therapeutic to me being able to survive and move through life. Because if we had to do it alone and completely on our own, I think that our outcomes as a family and as people in general may have been very, very different. In another episode, maybe I think next week we're going to talk, uh, my wife and I will talk about making a marriage work in a, um, in a community where the success rate of marriage and relationships is very, very low. And we've managed to make it work, and we've managed to come out on top and manage to thrive, and we want to talk about that and talk about how we've managed to do that. But that'll be next week's episode. And I think it's going to make a big difference in how um, relationships can survive this type of trauma. So that's me. Me is throwing myself into my work, staying busy, never stopping. Um, anybody you ask, you'll, you'll hear 
uh, I don't have an off button. I don't have the ability to just stop and walk away from something. I have to do it sometimes at nauseam until I get it done or until I figure out a solution that allows me and my um, my inside my my internal feelings allows me to realize okay you can take a break come back to it but that takes a lot for me I do my best but unfortunately sometimes it does overwhelm me and you can get burned out very easily so we're trying really hard to find a work-life balance and that's something that you have to do now my wife she doesn't vocalize a lot of feelings and when JC passed she was very very angry much like all of us were but she was very angry in even to the point where you know she had bracelets on like we all have bracelets on that we keep on and she took them off because she was she was angry at that very moment and she's she'll open up when she's having a hard day she'll open up when you know things are getting overwhelming for her but generally she does internalize a lot of this and doesn't really speak about it in the sense that I would like which is just kind of out in the open and let's talk and chat and you know we went through the same thing so let's let's see how we can help each other but that's okay that's how she deals with it it does and I'll be honest it does frustrate me because I, I want to be able to sit down and you know say well, listen I'm having a sad day I'm thinking about JC a lot um, it's 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 really hard for me right now but when I feel like she's having a a, bar, a a bad day too, I will, I will shut it inside. I won't bring it up. I won't talk about it. On my feelings, I will try to talk to her about hers. Um, but she doesn't talk about it a lot. When she does, I mean, we do a lot of what we do with therapy is is kind of just always laughing and talking about the good times that we had with JC, talking about the the best moments that she left us with and the best memories that she left us with and if it's talking about mac and cheese and how she was a connoisseur of mac and cheese or um, if we're talking about going to a big time rush concert and how much fun she would have had or how much fun she would have um, had going into the next grade of school and, and having playdates with her friends we try to think about the good times and we like to talk and laugh a lot about those times because that's therapeutic that is therapeutic because her life was not cancer and that's something that's very important to understand JC's life was not cancer she was so much more yes we have centered a business and we've centered um, congressional hearings and we've centered you know legislation and we've centered a lot of that around pediatric cancer but that's because we feel like it needs to have that vision but JC herself and all of these children are so much more than that diagnosis and we try to relive the, the great moments that we've had in her life by just talking about them and laughing about it because that's what she would have wanted. Now my two older daughters. Annalisa is, does not really talk about it at all. She doesn't talk about JC in the sense of cancer. She doesn't want really when she went off to high school um, that was a whole new school. She had been in the same school from kindergarten all the way up through eighth grade much like Miley was and when she left to go to a public school that school didn't know her story and she chose not to talk about it not to tell anybody which is fine because she did not want her high school career to start off with the girl whose sister passed away from cancer and that's understandable 
don't fault her for that at all. I wish she would talk about it more. I wish she would get more involved in the um, the passion of legislation or the passion of making a difference in the pediatric cancer world, but that's just not her thing. And she she chooses to remember JC and all the great times that they had together. She is an amazing big sister and loved her very much and still loves her very dearly. And she, she chooses to honor her in different ways. She doesn't really get into the feelings about it. As a matter of fact, we get into arguments. Um, if she's having a really bad day or an off day or and it's near one of like an anniversary or JC's birthday or something like that, I do tend to ask, are you having a bad day because you're thinking about JC? A lot of the times it's no. Um, but it also comes up when her sisters are fighting. And it's about these are your friends for life. Your sisters are your friends for life. And we do not want to ever think of something bad happening to our sisters. But if JC gave us anything, it was to know that life is short and life is precious. And we have to cherish the moments that we have. And we cannot spend that time screaming and fighting and arguing with each other and being mad at each other because you just never know. So she internalizes a lot. She doesn't talk about it. She doesn't come right out and say, hey, let's talk about Jace. For her, it's a lot of, you know, memories or something comes up, you know, if they're playing Barbies, it'll, you know, things like that. Or there's TV shows now that they'll watch on Disney or Nickelodeon. And, you know, oh yeah, JC used to love that show. She used to, this is her. Uh, here's a video and they have snapchat videos and things like that that they'll bring up and it's just a really fun thing for us to all watch as the way that jc was she was always such a bright ray of light always brightened up a room always came in smiling just didn't have bad days she just was always a happy child and so that's how we choose to remember her miley our 15 year old was probably closest out of the two of them to JC in just the way that they related to each other and you know when JC was in the hospital or she was you know we were away at treatments we were in Milwaukee she would always FaceTime Miley and actually get upset when Miley was in school and she couldn't answer the phone um, when JC had her stem cell both her donation and her pre-visit to get all of her testing done Miley was the one that came with us and we stayed in Milwaukee for a couple of days and she stayed in the hotel because JC wanted her there. And they just laid in bed and they just they talked and they played games and they laughed and it was like nothing was wrong. And that's what she needed was that reality. And I think the biggest thing that really hurt her when we were in the hospital for her stem cell transplants and we were there for a total I think of 52 days was not being able to be near her sisters that was what hurt her the most was not being around her sister she loves them so much and yeah you can be with dad and you can be with mom and we're there to take care of you but your sisters are there to have fun just be your protectors just be your confidant just just be there for you and to you know you know a sibling relationship is something that can't compare to any to a best friend relationship because it really overtakes that and so Miley was deeply affected when JC passed and she does talk about it every now and again she will talk about it um, she actually has some internalized fears from any time that she gets sick she kind of puts that off on oh my god what if it is you know what if it's something serious like with Jace because we never thought something would be serious like that with her so she does that from time to time but 
she is the most involved in everything. She wants to be um, at our gala that we hold in August. She wants to speak there. She wants to go to Madison and D.C., and she wants to speak. She wants to come to CureFest with us. Um, she was not happy that she couldn't come last year. She wants to wear the gold ribbons. She wants to um, just show off that she is so involved, and she wants people to ask her because she's proud of who JC was. Not that not only says not, it's just not the way that, that she handles it, and they both handle things differently. And that's the point of this episode is that I handle things differently than what Trish does and that my two girls handle things differently as well. Um, on the night that, that she passed, so that night she was having a lot of trouble breathing, and we were able to get her to sleep the first time, and then soon thereafter she woke up, and she, uh, there, you could tell. You could tell that her body was shutting down, that it was really starting to get difficult for her to breathe. It was starting to get difficult for her to really uh, vocalize or kind of give us any cues that anything was okay. And I remember looking at my wife and I said, you need to go get the girls now because I think this is it. And that was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to say at that moment. And they both came in. They were sleeping. They both came in. They held her hands. They told her that they loved her. They helped us move her into her bedroom and so she could be in her bed and she could be comfortable and safe. And they stayed in there with us for a little bit as she got into a deeper sleep. And it was just then it was just she was just breathing kind of heavy, but it wasn't as um, scary looking as it was just prior. They both went back into their rooms and laid down because they were exhausted and they didn't know what to expect. And her mother and I stayed there with her and we held her hands, we talked to her, we watched her breathing slow, we watched you know, her heartbeat slow. And I remember I put my head on her chest and that was the last heartbeat. And they checked, the nurse came in and checked and said she's passed. And my wife stayed with her as I went to tell her sisters what had happened. Annalisa was still awake. I told her if you could see it in her face, what it, you know, how hard it was going to hit her. I went in to tell Miley, and she broke down immediately. I said, she's gone. She has passed. If you want to come sit with her, and that's okay. They both came in there, and we sat there with her for a while. And we changed her, and we put her in her favorite onesie. And at that point, we had to have a funeral home come. And once the funeral home came, we had to get her out. I carried her in my arms out to the gurney to put her into the, the vehicle. And I just stood there, and I watched the vehicle drive away. And when that vehicle drove away, I've said this many times, I looked down the street. And I just, I sat there on the bench outside our house and I said, and my wife Trish came outside and said, are you okay? I said, everybody's on the street right now, either asleep, drinking their morning coffee, whatever. And they have no idea what just happened two doors down or next door. It still wasn't real at that point. I was in shock 
I think we were all in shock. We had we had cried. We had hugged each other. We 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 knew that this day was coming, but we weren't expecting it. In that sense, we weren't expecting how we would feel. And at that moment, we knew she's in a better place. She's safe now. She's happy now. She's not hurting. She's not. She's not fighting this anymore. She can now be free. The last thing my wife said to her is, you keep chasing those rainbows. She is now forever our angel and our guidance in everything that we do. And our therapy, our day-to-day life, our day-to-day life changed. But it didn't, if that's if that makes sense. When JC passed, a lot of things slowed down. A lot of things changed in our in our mental capacities and our minds. But we still had two other kids that we were responsible for. I had a job that I needed to be responsible for. We have a house. We have animals. We have responsibilities that we still needed to take care of. And so we took the time to grieve. And we're still grieving. Don't get me wrong. But we took the time to grieve and we focused on the other things that we had to take care of. And it was the day-to-day of being together, the day-to-day of making memories with our other two, making sure that JC was always included in everything that we did, making sure that we never stopped talking about her, making sure that her room stays exactly the same as it was as the day she passed, because that's her bedroom. That is her stuff. Her room looks exactly the same, by the way. You can follow my other TikTok videos, and you can see that if you want to see how it looks. But we've never changed it, because that's her bedroom. That was her sanctuary. And she didn't get enough time to enjoy it. But she deserved every single square inch of that room, and everything that it could provide for her. The comfort, the getaway from everything that's going on. I only wish we could have done it sooner. So our day-to-day lives changed in the sense that we now had to do everything just with two kids, but making sure to always include JC in everything we did. And to this day, if someone says, how many kids do you have? I have three. I have three. I have a 17-year-old, I have a 15-year-old, and I have an 8-year-old in heaven. I will always have three children. That's never going to change. JC is very much a part of our lives, and she's never not been a part of our lives. Everything we do, we do it for her. Everything we do with our business, everything we do with the legislation, every crazy thing we do on social media to raise money for pediatric cancer awareness is because of her. It's because of the motivation and the dedication and the passion that she left behind for us. Her willingness to help other people when things weren't going well for her just shows the kind of person that she was. Her willingness to smile and laugh and make a goofy face even on her worst days. Her willingness on the last family photos that we took that were just days away from her passing. Her willingness to get in the car and drive to a company benefit for us when she felt horrible a week before she passed, her willingness to get up and come out of her room and sit on the couch with us and talk and laugh 
and goof around. Her willingness to do that shows you how much of an incredible person she is and how incredible all of these warriors are. That is who we fight for. So yes, our day-to-day -day life changed, but it stayed the same because we're still a family and we still have to fight for each other and we still have to support each other. And the way we support each other is by being there. Just being there for that person, being there for my wife, being there for my kids, have them be there for me if I need a day, whatever it takes. I tend to show my emotions more. Miley tends to show her emotions more. Annalisa and my wife Trish are, are the same in the sense that they don't show their emotions as much, but that's okay. We do everything we can as a family. We fight for a, as a family. We fight together. We fight side by side. These kids in our business are our number one focus. Our day-to-day -day number one focus is our two other children because they have lives, they have responsibilities, they have activities, they have things that we have to be a part of and we want to be a part of. So in saying all of that, our coping mechanisms are all different and none of them are wrong. This podcast, that's a coping mechanism for me. Going shopping or just taking a walk, that's a coping mechanism that works for my wife. Doing things in honor of JC, wearing uh, gold ribbon um, gymnastic leotards or wearing bracelets or making bracelets, making things to sell on a personal Etsy shop, that is a coping mechanism for Miley. For Annalisa, it's simply honoring JC by keeping certain items in her bedroom that JC would come in and lay in bed with her and would stay in there with her. A certain doll, there's a stuffed animal, there's a blanket in there that was all JC's and that's how she chooses to honor her. None of them are wrong. All of them are right. How you choose to deal or how you choose to get through day-to-day -day life when a child passes is what works the best for you. What works for us is being voices, is being um, legislators, is being speakers, is being hosts of events, is being the owners of a business that centers around this disease. It's being I don't know how else to put it, but it, it's it's being out there and being in front of all these people and doing it all for you. I will never stop pushing and fighting to get changes, to get money and vision and research. That is my goal, 110%. There's been a lot of changes that have happened in this house in the past eight weeks. I had shoulder surgery, therefore I have not been able to work. I've been able to focus on this podcast, I've been able to focus on our events that we're hosting, I've been able to focus on our business legislation. I have three meetings set up in the next three days with senators and with local business owners to try and get more reach, to try and get changes to happen. There's a possibility that I will not go back to my full-time job because this is the passion that I want to follow. I will find a way to make it happen. Our family has always found a way. We've been through the worst times and we've been through the best times, but we have never faltered. We've stuck together. We've stayed strong and we've grown as a family and we've 
grown as an army in this fight against childhood cancer. I will continue to make these episodes. I will continue to put these, these stories out, continue to put these topics out. I appreciate every single one of you for stopping by and listening. I appreciate every single one of you for, for subscribing, for giving us a follow, for liking, for sharing, and for advocating. Pay attention to our page, to our Facebook, to our TikTok profile, to our Instagram, our Twitter, our YouTube. I will be posting more and more about events that we're hosting, about uh, legislation that we are working to pass, about organizations that we are working with. If you have a specific organization that you work with right now or that you own and run and you would like to talk about it on this podcast, please do reach out. I will be doing interview shows soon. As soon as I can figure out all the technology and get it to work, I will be doing that. And I would like to sponsor, uh, excuse me, I would like to focus and I'd like to spotlight different organizations and what they're doing in their fight for pediatric cancer and give them an opportunity to get their message out there more than they already are right now. I'm going to be doing interview shows, hopefully, with uh, some local doctors and with our child life specialists and other families that are part of this and want to be able to share their stories. That is the goal. So I want to thank everybody so much for listening to this episode. I hope our ways of coping and our ways of therapy and me just talking about it help you just a little bit to realize that there is no right or wrong way to fight. There is no right or wrong way to grieve. Everything you're doing is in the best interest of you and your family. Please continue to like, continue to share, and I'll see you next week. Hopefully we'll be doing an episode with my wife and we'll be talking about how we make our marriage work in, an, in a 20% success rate in this community. We're doing everything we can to stick together because it's important for us and it's important for you. We love all of you. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great fourth.